Hello folks and welcome to my review of the 1st of May 2018 edition of Smackdown Live featuring very little wrestling. Goodness me, um, I haven't actually done a count up. I would be surprised though if we got 25 minutes of wrestling on this show. I know there's been a heavy, heavy travel schedule uh, for everyone over the uh, over the last week or so with the trip to South Africa. Was Did Smackdown go on that? Was that just a raw thing? Um, but there was the South Africa trip, there was the Saudi Arabia trip, there's moving between America and Canada and various other bits. So it was very, very much a case of relying on talking and the ladies, which I expected Raw to be more women heavy last night than it was. And it's no surprise to see that that's the direction they've gone on SmackDown because they're fresh, whereas the men obviously have been doing all that traveling around the world and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But... Uh, I guess we advanced the main storylines we needed to advance for Backlash at the weekend. Um, it was very much a nothing show. If you haven't watched SmackDown yet, and you're uh, and you're sat there thinking, oh, I don't know, do I do I watch SmackDown today, or do I just go straight into Backlash at the weekend? I kind of think this is one of those shows that you probably don't need to see. You'll ha- you'll be fully aware of everything that's going on on Backlash on Sunday if you don't watch this show. And I guess that's. That's not really the point of a go-home show for a pay-per-view. Um, the purpose really should be to get people excited. And I don't know, what, what did we get that was that was actually new information? The only thing we got new on the whole show was a tease of Lana joining back up with Rusev, Rusev potentially splitting up with Aiden English. Uh, it can only be as part of... To get away, to really solidify Rusev as a heel, which is a really weird thing. Get get the Rusev Day song away from him, getting back with Lana, who's a very good heel. Aiden English presumably then becomes a sympathetic babyface. They're just basically deciding to ruin that act, if that's the route they're going. Unless they've got a better plan, perhaps they'll become a, a three-person awesome faction. But who knows? Anyway, let's get into the proper review. Thank you, as ever, to everybody who uh, is watching live or who is uh, liking the video on YouTube or who is subscribed on iTunes left a five-star rating, a review, etc., etc., etc. All that stuff is massively appreciated and obviously helps to support the show and also also lets me know that you are enjoying what we're doing, which is always good. So, Smackdown Live started off with Miz TV and straight away we knew that there was going to be a match because when does Miz ever come out for Miz TV not wearing his suit? He was out there in his weird wrestling gear with his weird little headband on. Um, so we knew straight away that this was going to be breaking down and leading to a match. It was just a question of, well, what might this match be? What has Miz got in store for us? Um, Jeff Hardy came out as his guest. They had a little bit of a chat. Then he tried to introduce Randy Orton, but Randy Orton's music cut him off. Um, so Randy Orton then comes out as well. We get a little bit of three-way chat between all of them, and they come to the uh, they come to the conclusion that there's no issue between Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton. They're big, big buddies. Uh, they're both lovely baby faces. Nothing to worry about. And they'll have their match at the weekend and everybody's happy. And then Shelton Benjamin storms down. Rah, rah, rah. I want to fight you all. I beat you last week. I want this. I want that. Let's all have a big scrap. Shelton turned on Randy Orton, I think. At which point, The Miz piled on Randy Orton for no reason at all, really. I don't really know why The Miz felt the need to get physical. He's not part of this feud. He was supposed to be just playing the host. That would be like Rene Young attacking Shinsuke Nakamura later in the evening. Um, But obviously, he probably thought, oh, I've got my ring here, ring 
ring gear on. This must be this must be what they had in mind for me. I'll attack Randy Orton. Jeff Hardy then fights off the Miz. It all breaks down into a four-way scrap. We cut to an advert, and then we come back to the adverts. And of course, we have a tag team match: Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy taking on the Miz and Shelton Benjamin. It was fine. It needed to fill some time with some people who didn't really have a huge amount of actual wrestling to do at the weekend. I guess The Miz was quite was probably more involved than anybody else. Jeff Hardy had a relatively straightforward match against Jinder Mahal. Massive botches aside, Randy Orton wasn't in the Rumble very long. Shelton Benjamin, I don't even remember being there. Presumably he was in the Rumble again, not for very long. Um, the Miz, I don't really know why they didn't give him the night off because he was in quite a physical ladder match. And like I say, not part of this feud. He's just a workhorse. Um, but they had a they had a perfectly acceptable TV tag match, um, which ended up with Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy winning because Orton hit an RKO on Shelton Benjamin and then felt the need to tag. I mean, when does anyone ever get up for an RKO? If I'm Randy Orton, I just hit that RKO, pin him and walk off. And that's my way of sending a message. But he decided to hit the RKO, tag to Jeff Hardy so he could hit the Swanton bomb thing. Um, Hardy gets the pin, Hardy's music hits. And Randy Orton and RKO's him because he's Randy Orton and he does whatever he pleases. Anyone else acting like that, you say it's a heel turn. Randy Orton, it's just a I'm Randy Orton, this is what I do situation. And they're trying to build a little bit of heat uh, for the for the US title match at the weekend. I'm never going to get that excited about babyface versus babyface matches. And we seem to be getting an awful lot of these at the moment. Um, if you think back to WrestleMania, we had AJ Styles against Nakamura, both babyfaces. Um, we've recently had Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins in a full program where they're both babyfaces. And now we've got Randy Orton against Jeff Hardy, both babyfaces. SmackDown in particular, well, in fact, both brands are crying out for some top quality heels. Randy Orton always has been and always will be a better heel than he is a babyface. Why not make this a full-on Randy Orton heel turn, have him hit the RKO on Hardy, but then absolutely kick the hell out of him, do an angry face, show that he's a heel now, and then, I don't know, have Hardy beat him somehow at the weekend and move Randy Orton into the main event programme. And I guess the plan for after Nakamura is Samoa Joe because he interjected later on in the show, but once you get past Nakamura and Joe... Who are your heels on SmackDown? The Miz and Shelton Benjamin. A big cast, I guess. I don't know. It feels a little bit... They've got nothing, really, for Randy Orton to do as a babyface. He would have stuff to do as a heel. But, eh, I'll do my predictions for Backlash later in the week. This is one match I certainly just don't care at all about, though. Um, Then we had Big Cass come out and do a promo. I got quite a bit of... Quite a bit of heat from people last week saying I didn't enjoy Big Cass's promo last week. I'd like to think when I say it again this week, people will start to see that I was right all along. Big Cass is not a very good promo. and It was very similar to the Baron Corbin promo from the night before where he came out with a script and didn't know what to do when the crowd didn't react the way he was expecting. It was a, it was a promo that was created for him to be facing massive, massive heel heat. And he wasn't getting heel heat. He was getting indifference from a from a bunch of fans that just didn't care. And bearing in mind, he's cutting a promo on the most popular man in the company and can't get himself booed. They were just amusing themselves with chants that weren't really related to what was going on in the ring. And Daniel Bryan wasn't able to be there because of how cut up his chest was from the other night, which is fair enough. I'm still not entirely sure how he got so just blistered up on his chest at the greatest Royal Rumble. Presumably it's because he hasn't taken a lot of chops to the chest in the last three years. So he's got to build up the calluses and whatnot on his chest again. Um, But 
I can understand why he wasn't there. I don't understand why they then feel the need to have Big Cass come out, who can't really talk very well, and have him just beat up a dwarf who was dressed as Daniel Bryan. I don't understand. I genuinely don't understand. It went on too long. It was pretty poor. Cass just... There's a reason Enzo always used to do all the talking for him. I don't understand. We've got we had Enzo and Big Cass who were a tag team who I mean they were over as baby faces because of how well Enzo talks. And but they were never they were never tag champions. They were never then you never wanted them to be tag champions. They split up, they get into a programme of each other where there's not really any heat. There's Enzo being able to talk but can't wrestle and Big Cass, who's big but can't talk. And no one cared about that program. So he gets injured and the solution is to bring him back and insert him straight into main event level, despite the fact he still can't talk and still all he's really got going for him in the ring is the fact that he's big. And goodness me, are they making that point. I don't know what they're trying to achieve with this. Are they trying to get Big Cass over because he's a big guy? Or are they trying to... Are they trying to dampen Daniel Bryan a little bit by pointing out all of his flaws? I hope they're just trying to paint him even more as a sympathetic babyface so when he conquers the giant, it's all the more impressive. But you didn't need to do this to make us all feel that way. We all wanted him to just beat Big Cass anyway. I am a little bit worried that they're setting this up for Cass to win to help get Cass over. And uh, that would be a disaster. That, That would be a disaster. There's no two ways about it. That is a bad thing to happen. Um, But after that really long promo that didn't really achieve anything, uh, we then had another really long promo segment that didn't really achieve anything. Earlier on in the show, um, it had been confirmed by Paige that the AJ Styles-Nakamura match at the uh, Backlash is going to be no DQ, which is fine. I guess they're building towards that. Um, A no DQ match makes sense. They can hit each other in the balls to their heart's content then if there's no disqualifications. Um, But... For some reason, Nakamura is demanding a public apology from AJ Styles. We cut to AJ Styles in the ring with Rene Young. Um, he does a fairly standard AJ Styles promo, which is fine. I don't, I don't mind that. Um, but then Samoa Joe comes out, and in the similar vein to what he was doing to Roman Reigns over on Raw, Samoa Joe comes out and just shows that he is just so much better than everybody else in the company at using that microphone. He is, he is an absolute superstar. Samoa Joe, he is the man. Um, but he came out and did his brilliant promo, basically letting AJ Styles, that once he's finished with Roman Reigns, Styles is next and he wants the WWE title, and goodness me, do I hope that's the program they're moving on for with AJ when he's done with Shinsuke. Um, Nakamura's new heel music hit, and Joe spins around ready to take him on. Nakamura's not there, and of course we cut back to the ring where Nakamura has his hand up AJ's dangleberries again like he has like constantly for the last month or so now since WrestleMania. I always wonder how these segments look when you're in the in the stadium watching this live because obviously we cut back and Nakamura is already in position hand on nuts. But does he sneak into the ring? Does he rush into the ring? How far away do you see him? Does he does he come through the crowd? There didn't seem to be a lot of reaction to him appearing until it had happened. So is every are they so good at controlling where the audience are looking that they're that focused on Samoa Joe or is it more the fact that they're so good at controlling the volume knob that we don't hear the crowd reaction until they want us to hear the crowd reaction so it, I don't know I'm interested I need to go and see an episode of Raw or Smackdown or something live when they're in when they're in the UK at some point so I can get an idea of how it is different when you're there um but yeah it, I mean it was 
it was fine. I like this feud. I really like heel Shinsuke Nakamura. I didn't like him as a babyface at all. I didn't get it, even a little bit. Now, I really, really like him as a heel. I like the fact that he's a bit weird, a bit unpredictable. It suits a heel character so much better. And he did look really, really strong against AJ Styles, which, based on everything I know about WWE booking, means Styles retains on Sunday, presumably to end the feud. If they're doing the big no-DQ match at a pay-per-view now, that's probably going to be Nakamura's last opportunity i guess so it really depends whether they're ready to move joe into a feud with aj for the wwe title and go with that for a month or two or if they want to keep this program with nakamura going then they're going to have to put the title on nakamura at the weekend so that you can then have aj chasing for a bit i don't know if joe if joe isn't moving into a program with aj what's next for samoa joe trying to think who who i mean you're not going to put him in the u.s title picture surely Although, I mean, Samoa Joe versus Jeff Hardy, that could be quite good fun. Bit of a TNA throwback. Um, yeah, it was fine. It it did the job. It reminded us they're having a match at the weekend. Didn't really do anything spectacular. Uh, we then had Dabar doing what they were doing over on Raw for months, which is losing every time they wrestle on TV. But then they generally did okay at the pay-per-views. Obviously, they didn't at the greatest Raw Rumble. But then that's not a pay-per-view, so it doesn't count. Uh, but Sheamus against Xavier Woods after a bit of a backstage silly pancake segment and Big E was wanted to challenge him Seamus said no I want the little and and Big E's just like yeah right you can have him I'm, I mean I'm here oiling myself up and getting angry but if you want to fight my little mate that's fine you go for it and it was it was a fairly typical singles match as part of a tag team program I don't mind seeing Debar against the New Day working together again as long as it's not going to be a long-term thing we saw this for quite a long time over on raw we don't need it to go on for months like it did last time i'm interested where the usos were where the bludgeon brothers were why we still haven't met sanity yet it seems that there's just these are the only two teams who are on smackdown at the moment they're the only ones who i guess we did have a tag match at Gura, but i don't know sanity need to turn up and quick and they just need to... Where's Gallows and Anderson? I guess they did mention that Anderson was taken out last week. I just don't know. With all the tag teams that you've got available on SmackDown, I'm not entirely sure why you need to go with Dabar against the New Day again. It's, I mean, you've got Rusev Day there. You could make it, do, do a proper tag team thing, with, but it looks like they're splitting up. It's all... It's odd. It's just some odd... It was a filler match because I, I get the impression that they all got at the arena on... Tuesday morning and said right who feels up to this who's who's fit and ready to go and the ones that put their hands up got a match and everyone else was just like yeah fair enough you had a long flight go home is there even a tag title match happening at Backlash for the Smackdown side or either side in fact they've made all the they they've basically used what would have been the Backlash tag title matches at the Greatest Royal Rumble, making that show much longer. But I don't think there's a tag title match announced for either brand for Backlash, which is this how it's going to be now we've got the, the multi-brand pay-per-views. There's, I guess you're not going to be able to have every title defended on every show because there's so many titles. We saw what that was like at the Greatest Royal Rumble, and that was without the women's titles being involved. So... Presumably, if they're going to be trying to make these multi-brand pay-per-views three-hour shows, which, goodness me, I hope they are, then you're probably only going to have three or four titles defended on each show, plus your big feud matches that then that then get in there as well. Like we've got the Finding Something for Braun Strowman to do match that was booked on, on Raw last night. So 
I guess we've just got the smack, the whole tag division at the moment is paused for a little while and it will come back to life again after Backlash as they start to build towards the next pay-per-view, which I don't know off the top of my head. Is it Extreme Rules next? If it is, that suggests AJ Styles is definitely winning because they're basically doing the Extreme Rules match at Backlash. So they can't then do an Extreme Rules match at Extreme Rules. So they're not going to do the same match two pay-per-views in a row. Uh, go, AJ Styles wins and Samoa Joe moves into the WWE title picture. There you go. There's some Kev logic for you. And then we finish things off with, who knew? Who would have expected this? A multi-woman tag team match on SmackDown. I mean, it was it's groundbreaking stuff. Um, the Iconics, by the way, they are fantastic. They are the best promos in the women's division. They're just great. And that bit they did with Carmella beforehand was just, it was gold. They are very, very good. Um, conversely, Becky Lynch, oh, she just... She just needs to stick to wrestling. Anytime she does a promo, it just goes a little bit wrong. I don't really get... She tries to act all fired up and hard, but it just comes across as a little bit confused a lot of the time. I mean, this match this match was good. For a, for a three-on-three tag match, for a main event, I, uh, I can get on board with that. It was fine. The right team won. I don't know if it necessarily needed to be Asuka who who got the win going into the pay-per-view because Asuka's not involved in the pay-per-view unless there's still matches that are being announced or have been announced that weren't on TV. Um, I, I suppose she was being rebuilt from taking the defeat last week, which they made a big deal out of and didn't necessarily have to. It wasn't Asuka who took the pin. Becky Lynch lost the match. I don't know if they're trying to set up some tension between Lynch and Asuka. Maybe that's a program they're building towards. I don't know if... Why would you do another babyface on babyface program when you've got the the team formerly known as Absolution knocking around as heels? It's quite heel-heavy in the women's division on SmackDown. So you don't need to be building tension between Asuka and Becky Lynch. So I just felt like let's give her a win back for the sake of giving her a win back. But really... I don't know, perhaps just to throw us off the scent so we don't get any clues going into Charlotte and Carmella. I do, I'm kind of feeling at the moment, and I might change my mind before I do my backlash prediction show later in the week, but I'm kind of feeling at the moment that Carmella's probably going to retain, probably with some help from the Iconics, because I think they've they've done well enough in their SmackDown debut month to deserve a spot on the pay-per-view. Not necessarily as a match, they deserve to be a part of it, though, because I think of everyone, certainly of everyone who's been called up from NXT in this current wave, I don't know that there's been anyone who's taken to it as impressively as the, the Iconics have. They've been really, really good. And that was that. Like I say, a very, very, a very short-feeling episode of SmackDown because there was so little wrestling. We only got three matches all night long. There was a lot of talking without really saying anything because we didn't really progress any stories. We just... It was kind of like a reminder of where the stories were it's like we got to a storyline point last week where, right, we're ready for backlash now. We've got the greatest Royal Rumble in the way, though. Let's get that out of the way. And that's got a lot of cross-promotional matches. And then this is about, right, and remember where we were? Yeah? Now to backlash. Which I guess they kind of forced themselves into a corner with the way it was set up for that. But no excuses. They they did it that way. Uh, Kimbo PVFC saying, thought they confirmed... Pay-per-views as four hours, now they're co-branded. Oh, I hope they didn't. I don't remember hearing that, but I guess it would make sense. I'm hoping the four hours includes an hour's pre-show because four-hour pay-per-views once a month, just, it's a lot of wrestling. It's a lot of wrestling, but 
Anyway, let me know down in the comments. I know I've done the live version of this very early in the day compared to how I usually do. So the people who usually hang around chatting live aren't here, um, which is fine. Let me know down in the comments what you thought of this episode of uh, Smackdown Live. Hit me up on Twitter if you're listening on the podcast. And don't forget, if you are listening on iTunes or even if you're not and you want to do Kev a favour, head over to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, write a quick little review of the show. That really is the most helpful thing you can do to help this podcast get off the ground is give us a review over on itunes because that's where people find podcasts apparently um especially because we're still not on spotify or google play which i'm led to believe is a work in progress anyway if you have enjoyed that please make sure you leave a nice big thumbs up on there for me uh subscribe to the channel subscribe to the podcast for more regular wrestling content and be ready for a backlash prediction show later in the week and I might even do a review of that one because still haven't done the greatest Royal Rumble review, which really isn't happening now. Thanks for watching slash listening, folks.